week 1,235, episode 459. This is Alon from Chatterbox Video Game Radio. And this is Ara. A lot's happened. A lot. You mean besides the excess of hair on your face? There's that, yep. Also, uh, a couple weeks ago, someone at work said, you know, I've got to start training. I want to do this, uh, I want to see if I can do a six-minute mile. And I was like... That doesn't sound too crazy. I should be able to do that. You do that like every week, don't you? No, I don't. Yeah. But I thought I should be able to do that. And oh, then, you mean on foot? Yes. Oh, this was that's about hard. two or three weeks ago that he said this, and I kept thinking, oh, one of these days I'll go out and run. But I haven't really run much since I did the half marathon a while ago. And uh, last night, though, the wife wanted to go out there and go for a walk, and I was like, ah, I'll go for a run, see if I can do this this mile thing. Let's let's give it a shot. And so, first quarter mile was 116. That's well under the six-minute mile. An hour and 16 minutes? No, one minute and 16 seconds for my first quarter mile. Oh, for the quarter. Yeah. That's, that's good enough. Yeah, because right? I had the Nike app telling me every quarter, right? that's, every quarter mile Isn't that I the was. pace you need to hit? Well, I would need to hit one and a half. So, so I was well ahead. So you're doing even better. Even better. But I knew as soon as, as you know, the, the female voice of the Nike run app said to me, yeah. quarter mile, I was like, holy crap, I got to that really fast. But... I need to slow the hell down. Because you're going to die. Yeah, it was, I was like, there's no way I can keep this up for you know three more of these. Um, so at the half mile, I was at 258, which is right on pace, except I knew I was going much faster the first quarter, so the second quarter I was going too slow if I'm, if I'm meeting pace halfway through. At the end, I made it in 627. I did not make the six-minute mile, but I, I really wasn't expecting to. But I, uh, I voluntarily collapsed onto the grass at the mile and like I just laid on the ground and I had this incredible headache. That's not too shabby. Well, it's not. It's pretty damn good. But but let me keep telling you what happens here. So I have this incredible headache. You mean to your body? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And so then eventually uh, she has me like, because the wife is there on her walk, whatever she, she met me at the mile and uh, she had me like sit up and then, then it's like the, this heavy weight headache type feeling shifted with gravity down from my head into my chest. And like, of course I'm breathing really Your heavily, headache, right? you're telling me your headache is in your chest now. Yes. Now I'm having a chest ache because I sat up. It's crazy. So I, I'm associating it with the, where my blood is. I guess that's what's going on. Have so you, have you seen Prometheus lately? No. So, uh, eventually I get up and we walk home, which is not far away. I mean, this, we had only run a little bit outside the house, but it was probably like a five minute walk back. And the whole time, just my chest is like pounding. It really hurts. And I'm like hacking up or I'm starting to hack up, you know, mucus. Like when I was sick a few weeks ago and, uh, like that whole night, like I just, I went and laid in bed for probably half an hour and I was coughing my lungs out and I was perfectly fine before going on the run. Perfectly fine. And immediately when I was done, broken. Just broke down human being. Right now, I want to cough into the mic. It's horrible. Um, I think that you've, a day later. Uh, you've, you've inhaled because you're excessive ventilating while breathing. I think you um, inhaled a small alien baby. I must have inhaled something. And I don't know if like just my lungs are allergic or what's going on, but I feel totally broken now. That's what happened to me last night. That's, I just had to tell that story. Last week, though, I told you on the show that I was going to get Halo 4. That was a much more not destructive experience. So I went down to, to the GameStop near the house where I, I now actually... Now, this, this, this didn't come out last night, did it? No, last no. week. Okay, so Halo came out last week. Yeah. Call of Duty came out last night. Yeah, well, today, or, last night at midnight, whatever. Right? Is that is that right? Yeah. Call no, of Duty no, 2 was today. Yeah. Now, all the... Uh, Halo 4 was last week. All the... All the Non, um, non-old gamers right now are saying to themselves, "Like, what? What is this guy? He's not even. He doesn't even know what's coming out these past few weeks." Oh, geez, I used to know every release date in my head, but now I got nothing. Yeah. But, so you and me both. So last week we recorded on Monday, though, which meant right after the show, I went to go to go get the game, and I I can't remember. Had I? Do you remember me telling you about going down to reserve the game? Yeah, there's yeah. there's because you you had a. No, but you said you'd have in two weeks, you'd have a report for us about Target. But that was for the Wii. Yeah. The Wii U That was Wii. for Wii U. Wii U. It's different. Yeah. So 
Anyway, Monday I go and reserve the game after they have them in the stores, right? So why do they go through the review process? They do it just This is the one that you reserved nine, no, four hours before release, yeah. correct? Four is a bit of a stretch, more like six. But, but yeah, um, I, had, I reserved it the night basically before it was releasing at midnight. So then uh, we do the show. I go home for a little bit, and then I go out to GameStop at like 1130. And, of course, I don't want to be bored in line. I don't know anybody in line. I bring uh, Joust with me. You know, the game I love so much, Johann Sebastian Joust with the, the move controllers and stuff. We've talked about it on the show a bunch. So I bring it with me and I introduce myself to some kids. You, br- you bring this to you to the outside to the, public. To the Halo 4 line, yes. Outside. People love looking you've, at the move controllers. They're brightly colored got and stuff. some guts there, brother. So uh, I bring it with me. I introduce myself to the kids in line. I'm like, you guys want to play a game? It's a cool game. I know we don't know each other, but you're going to like it. And they're like, no, no, we really don't want to, we don't want to play. So I was like, oh, let me set it up. If you don't like it, fine. But I think you're going to like it. So then, like, I hand them a move controller, and they're instantly like, what? Why am I? This is weird. At least I found people who know what a move controller is, by the way, because usually nobody knows what these things even are. Yeah. Um, They were probably expecting you to sell them some um, iPad or something that's really just a piece of glass in a box. Yeah. They they probably thought I was going to play Patty Cake or something. So I break out Joust, right? I set up the Mac and whatever. And then, you know, all it takes is a couple people to be playing and then everybody wants to play so then i've got all seven controllers out there we got a big group of people nobody like i don't know any yeah of these see people. now now you're social proof now everybody wants a part of the action. exactly everyone wants wants in on the before game. before nobody's interested i just had to break it out man yeah and then so now it's this big thing people are joining up they're swapping controllers in and out of the game or playing so 20 minutes goes by and then it's time for the game to come out now the line was like a, basically around the block across like five different stores in the plaza down the little sidewalk of the plaza. Now, did you use and this I, as a technique to surreptitiously cut in line? You, sir, have figured out the great scam. So I had opened I'm up all so these people at the front lot. of the line. And when it was all done, ready to pack up, I just pack up and I stay where I was. It was beautiful. I cut through. I had not planned this, by the way. But I like to suggest that I planned it. Well, the, 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 sometimes the most beautiful things that happen in life are completely yeah. unplanned. I was just like, all right, I'll go to the – I'm not going to the back of the line. Screw that. I'm right here. But I'm great. You earned that spot. Yeah. So I had – Johnny has had this game reserved for who knows how many months, right? And I was like – I was almost going to go down to his store and hang out with him. But no, forget it. We'll just – I'll just get it at my own store and play with him later. And uh, – he was still in line getting his, like, around the block, and he's had it reserved for months. Meanwhile, I reserved it a few hours prior, play a game with a few people in the line, and then, boom, I'm in and out of there in five minutes. It was pretty amazing. That was my story. Okay, so so in summary, how long was the line? It was very long. Like, it, it, like, like it if was probably, people or something. If you actually waited for reels, how it, long would you it wait? It probably would have been 25 minutes or something. Right. And then how long did you actually spend in uh, the line? Well, I mean, once they started actually ringing people through, yeah. it was probably like four minutes. Right? Just go. a few people. It was great. So this leads me into my next discussion. That week, I think it was Friday morning of last week, um, they, and I don't know who I'm pointing to when I say they, announced that Johann Sebastian Joust, as well as three other games, are three other indie games, are actually going to get released for real, on That's the right. PlayStation 3. So now you're officially a pirate now. No, because I've got an alpha, which is like an okay copy of the game. Um, and they're, they're going to actually get this ready through Kickstarter. And I have never signed up for a quick starter, Kickstarter faster than, than this. It is the most worthy Kickstarter I could imagine, except maybe the one that got me the copy of Joust in the first place, um, which was like Venus Patrol, I think. Anyway... I'm, I'm really surprised. I had no idea that you obtained this through legitimate means. Yeah. Yeah. It was through Kickstarter for like Venus Patrol. I think that's what it was called, which is like some gaming art project. And then you also get a copy of this game. At, at some point, they're just over time giving out different things. So uh, You know what I think of when I hear the word Venus Patrol? No. I okay. Think... Yes, I do. Then tell me. <laughs> Let me continue talking about, <laughs> about this. So uh, Doug whatever his name is, who makes Joust. I think it's Doug Wilson. Um, He obviously has a reason to be on the PlayStation 3 because it uses PlayStation Move controllers. And then there's three other games that they're describing as being like kind of sports 
ish, but like the sports association is loose. It's not what you think of. It's not like football players or basketball players. It's like they took the, some elements of sporting and put right. them in simplified games. So there's this one game where there's, it's like Atari 2600 graphics, right? And uh, I don't even remember the names of the three other games, at least okay. not which is which. But um, basically you just move your four people can play locally. And in fact, it's intended to bring people together and play locally multiplayer. And uh, you're this just one, like, these use like visuals, right? Yeah, like, the three other games use a screen. Okay. Joust does not use a screen except maybe for some, some data output. But for the most part, you're not using a screen. You're just playing with players. Right. But the other games, the whole group of games, it's these four games called this, it's called Sports Friends. It's the package of four different games because they all have these elements of sporting, right? So like Joust is this physical contact game. Um, these other games, which the names I can't remember. One of them, like I was saying, is this 2600 graphics thing where like each player is represented by essentially a square and they move their square around and there's some sort of like shooting a ball into a receptacle or something. Um, so very simplified, like four person basketball ish or sportish like game. Um, and anyway, I'm not going to go through all of it. I don't need to. The point is joust is going to come out for super reels next year. Um, only $15. And you can get all the games either on a computer, Mac, Windows, or Linux, uh, or on PS3. And that'll happen next year. If you put in 30 bucks, you get that. Uh, actually, I don't know if you get that, but you get... No, you do. So you get to choose, I believe, either the PS3 or the computer one. Uh, but you also get early alphas of three of the four games. So, like, I'll get another copy of Joust sometime next month, I suppose. Um, and they have much bigger tiers and other things where you can go out with the developers or, I don't know, eat dinner Get your face in the game? Oh, I guess they can't do that. Play sushi, eat sushi off of Doug Wilson's belly or something. I, I don't know. But go to Kickstar, Kickstarter, pay for sports friends. Um, surprisingly, it was posted on Joystick or something, but it has somehow not reached its goal. Its goal is $150,000, and they're only at about 39000 right now. So they got a long ways to go. I really hope that people pledge and actually make this the real thing, because they don't understand how awesome Joust is. Chatterboxers, how much do you love Amazon.com? Since you're like me, the answer is a lot. And since you love Chatterbox almost as much, here's what I want you to do. Next time you get a new game, a pair of socks, downloadable MP3, anything really, go to helpchatterbox.com. It takes you to Amazon, but when you buy something, we get a piece of the action. That's good for us, and Amazon feels good because you didn't buy it from GameStop. Helpchatterbox.com. Remember it. Bookmark it. Tattoo it backwards on your forehead. And yes, all I'm asking you to do is buy stuff you are already going to buy. Just do it at helpchatterbox.com. And we're back. You're listening to Chatterbox Video Game Radio where we have a phone number that you can call, and you won't talk to us live, but you will leave us a message, and we will listen to it, and if it's worthy, we will play it on the air. And that number is 480-4GAME21, because that was the only number we could get that spelled game somewhere. We, uh, we also have a website, chatterboxgameshow.com. You can, uh, you can email us. People have a tendency to do that. And that's a good thing. Um, I also want to remind everyone that we are sponsored by the University of Advancing Technology, whose website is uat.edu. I was just there this weekend, by the way. I was just there this weekend. What? Yeah. For what? Um, I was a judge for a game jam. because This I, weekend? Yeah, because I love being judgmental. There was a game jam there? Yeah. Saturday night? Friday night. Saturday night. But not Saturday afternoon. Should have been. Maybe. See. See. This Was is this two weekends ago. It may have been. Let me explain to you the the kind of time warp I've been living in. Go, please, please do that. Uh, it's one where this week and last week may be the same thing. Okay. Let, so let me explain to you that today is Tuesday. 
I was there three days ago. That's three sleep cycles prior to today. Yeah, you know what it was last week. You're totally right. Okay, that explains a lot. So I was there on Saturday for TechFest. Uh, not TechFest, Tech Phoenix. TechFest is something else. Tech Phoenix? Um, Tech Phoenix. Not Tech Forum. Not Tech not Forum. Not TechFest. Not TechFest, okay. but Tech Phoenix, which is this gathering of people giving out you know free sessions for over the course of two days. And um, it was actually pretty cool. I learned some things. It's very like social media in the valley kind of thing. It's... Um, it's not crazy. It's not like a TED conference or anything. It's just uh, people who are local getting together and having a tech conference to try and like boost everyone's skill levels and areas. So okay. I was there on Saturday. A friend of mine was doing the podcasting stuff. And uh, anyway, it's still well, outside. There were people fencing. Like I guess there's a fencing club or something. Um, so that was cool. And I saw like I knew this. I knew that they had a 3D printer, but I saw some of the stuff that came out of the 3D printer. Yeah. Because, like, you know, where students go to pick up the things after it's printed over the course of however many hours it takes. Um, there was some laying around. So I noticed they also had a laser. You know how much I love lasers. So, like, as an alum, I think I have access to that stuff. I think I could go model things and have them printed and cut things with lasers. So if there's anything you want to build or cut, my friend, we can make that happen. All right, I have I have been thinking of blowing up a fleet of ships with lasers, but uh, not that kind of laser. Not that kind. I'm so no. I'm so disappointed. No, You're but crushing you could me you could very very slowly uh, dissect a ship with that laser. <laughs> <laughs> Those are the options I was, available I, to I you. I was inspired by watching MythBusters and that whole mirror thing. Anyway, that's not important. We shouldn't talk about that. Anyway, I'm just saying that UAT is, is keeping up with the Joneses. It's actually pretty cool. And I don't say that just to promote it because it was, uh, you know, I just happened to be there. They also have two Microsoft Surfaces, but oh, they're not you, used for much. You love that, don't you? No, I wish I did. It, ran, it runs like crap. Yeah. Right? They had two you of them. You wish you loved it. They had like an old one and a You're new one. You're in love one. with the concept, but not the execution. Well, idea-wise, and plus someone built Catan for it, which was cool, based off the Xbox 360 That's one. why you love it so much. Yeah, yeah, but they didn't have it there. I mean, I don't know if Mayfair Games actually sold yeah. it. Yeah. Right? You know, there's this rumor that's been going around about Microsoft developing a tablet to be used like for Xbox. Uh, do you mean the smart glass thing? Uh, no, not the smart glass, but just like a regular tablet. That may, maybe it uses that technology, but because um, you, you know, like, a like tablet Microsoft, gaming machine, yeah, yeah, they because they released a tablet officially upon the world just last week. Okay, we knew that the Smart Glass. No, so Smart Glass is an application okay. that you use on on basically any cell phone or or iPad or something. Uh, but they released this, the Microsoft Surface tablet, not the Microsoft Surface like the table, which right. used to be called Surface. Okay, so so there's been a rumor going on that like something like that, like just for Xbox Live, is going to come out or something. It's just a rumor. Okay. Yeah, but, I but you know, that. you know how you know Microsoft can't stand like a competitor like having a similar technology for like more than six months. So, well, their tablet definitely got released recently. I have not played with one yet, but yeah. it's their Windows Eight RT. I don't know what RT stands for. Really, tablet? I don't know. Okay, if you watch television, you would see commercials for it. So, for speaking of um, promotions, which we haven't been, but I'm going to start. So, um, okay, I guess things, things, do things, Alon, in your life, do they still, like, do things have to make sense anymore from day to day in your life? Is that, like, something you value? Generally speaking, I would say yes. Something that's important? Okay, just checking. So, Microsoft's doing this promotion with Halo 4, of of all games, no less, right? Um, If you, if you play Halo 4 multiplayer for, like, a certain amount of hours. A ridiculous number of hours? A ridiculous number of hours, you will get a ridiculously small sum of Microsoft points in return. Although it is infinitely larger than the number of points you get playing any other game. Now, while strictly true, (laughs) it's kind of hard to tell the difference. So let me just ask you, Alon, if you you were in charge of setting up a promotion, because I know you like these kinds of things... um, and you had you were, you had to be the one to make the decision of all right you know if if I played for thirty five hours how many like you're the head of Microsoft promotions how many Microsoft points would you give away what would be the most effective result for your company 
for 35 hours of gameplay? I mean, I know the answer, but uh, oh, wait a minute, 35 hours. That's on the yeah. low end, isn't it? Well, there's three tiers, but let's just, I just want to get some kind of point of reference from you from like a, a, a human being. If who I was the director of this, I would have a lot of data to check, to look at averages. And my goal would be to increase all of those averages. Okay. Right? Let's, yeah, but let's so just say be, that like, you know, you're really busy and you only have 10 seconds to think of what you're going to do. 35 hours. Yeah. And the cutoff is a month. No, no, no. Let's just say you play it for 35 hours. Like, what would, what would your incentive be? What would you give away I mean, as, that's, as a reward? That's not a lot over the course of a few weeks, right? Kids okay. will play that a lot, so it would be, it would be very little. So spit it out. What do you think? Uh, 100 Microsoft points. 100 Microsoft points. Okay. Well, they're giving away 100 Microsoft points for 35 hours of play online. Yeah. Okay? So you know how much Death that mashing is. stuff. Yeah, that's $1.25. That's $1.25. Okay. So, do you – okay. It's look. not much. It's not much. Let me tell you something. There's three tiers, okay? If you play for more than 35 hours, you have a chance to make it proportionally even more fake money. Absolutely. Okay? What, does it, what does it go up to? And 400? The highest tier, if you play 140 or more hours, you get 600 points, which yeah. is actually <clears throat> 750, Okay. Now, if we count how I much you're it was making, eight hundred, no, six hundred, six hundred. Wow. Yeah. Now, that amounts to five cents an hour. <laughs> I hadn't done that math, but okay. And the thirty-five for a hundred points is even less than that. Um. Yeah. So, so now here's my question to you, hoping that you're still in the world of rationality. How could this possibly motivate anybody to do anything? Um, yeah, that's the thing. I don't. I don't know if it's actually motivating, and more of something that's just like cool because you did it. Or the idea is, <clears throat> I guess there is motivation. So it's motivating to play that game rather than a different game. For instance, Black Ops Two, which comes out a well, week because, a because week after Halo Four. Because forty hours later, I'll have two dollars. No, but here's a, think in the mind of a kid. They want. They're not thinking that it's Microsoft points. They're thinking it's another free game down the road or free DLC or something. So, yeah, down the road. Yeah, but it's so. I mean, like, throw us a bone for Christ's sake. But sakes. they're they're being incentivized to play that game, not to just play games in general, but to play that game over a different game. Yeah. Okay. Well, you know what? Here's what I think they're doing. Okay. I mean, you're right. It's true. It's hard to ignore the reality that a tiny, tiny incentive to play something for a long time is. Much more than no incentive to play anything else for any amount of time, right? But the thing is, it's so small. It you is. You can't buy, like, what can you buy? You can't even buy anything for 600 points. And this is somehow... You can, you can buy some games. Okay, okay. No, you're right. There's some 500-point games. Okay, you can... But after Plus, it's just adding to these kids' stashes. 140 hours. You don't, yeah, it's no. not enough points. I was saying this to Johnny. I was to like, constitute yeah, a stash. We you could, can't use the term stash for this I was, because a stash has a lot more money in it. I was telling Johnny. I says, "Oh, Johnny, you can get all this this uh, this free money. Like, there's 10 million points." And then I realized, wait a minute, no, it's it's just 10, 10 million divided among everybody. So they're they're marketing this as get your share of 10 million oh, Microsoft points, yeah. right? And <clears throat> I also don't know if you get paid 100 points for 35 hours and then you get jump up to the next tier once you've hit the next tier. So then you've collected both. I have a feeling it's just at the end of the month, however many hours you played, you get oh, that much. You know what? Either way you count it, it's still infinitesimally small. It is still very, very small. So it's not going to incentivize me. But what I'm saying is I think it would incentivize people to play this game over a different one. And that's where they're, where they're going. <sighs> Because I don't think they it's gonna, know. I don't think it's it's even going to you like all of the the good and bad of this game versus another game. You don't think that that's going to like completely overpower like the the five cents per hour incentive that they're giving you here. I mean, in a perfect world, we would have a time machine and we could run an A B test, right? Where some look, look, one universe to, is given the option listen, to get this, and no, one no, isn't, no, no, and you no, can no, see no, how no, much no. it changes. We things. don't need to go into Einstein Gedanken experiment land to figure out what the right answer to this is. Listen, Black Ops Two comes out a week after Halo Four, in other words, today, and they're incentivizing people to not play some other game, and that I'm sure weighs into to okay, this look, promotion. Look, here's what I'm proposing. This is all Microsoft needs to do. Um, 
you know, just just double the amount that you're giving away. It's still fake money, Microsoft. You don't have to lose any real money. Um, it's still almost infinitesimally small. And, um, you know, we feel like maybe us consumers were getting more than five cents an hour. We'll get ten cents an hour. So I was asking this question during the break. They, they advertise it as getting your share of 10 million Microsoft points. But then they essentially, essentially are promoting that you're guaranteed to get these small number of points if you do certain things, right? Play a certain number of hours. Yeah. So I'm curious, how do they know how many points they're going to give away if they're allowing everyone to earn them? I think that you're already um, analyzing this far more than they have themselves. Well, the other side is they know they're not going to reach 10 million points and they have something else in place that that I don't know about that says like maybe the person with the most points gets all of the extra left over or something like that. Now that, that would be a real way to do a promotion because you may win thousands yeah, and thousands and thousands I'm of pretty, points. I'm pretty sure that that won't happen. Yeah. It's just, just, just throw us a bone, Microsoft. Their math is, is curious to me. Speaking of throwing us a bone, uh, Sony did throw us a bone and they updated their store interface. Is that what you call getting thrown a bone? Yes. That okay. is definitely getting thrown a bone because it's uh, it's definitely an improvement. It's not like um, it's not like the best thing in the world, but it's better. It's definitely better than before. I'm more impressed by a game that just went free on that store, and I can't remember what it is, but something just did, and I was like, "Ooh, I have to go on there and play that." Well, maybe maybe you'll remember while I'm talking. But one one of the coolest things about it, I, I just noticed because I just started downloading a demo today. That there's definitely like more steps before you can actually download the thing. So it's funny, right? Because a lot of times, like the the most common like metric for like a good interface is like, oh, how many clicks does it take? How many steps does it take to do this? Right? And you're happy with more steps? And well, in this case, this versus the other one, even though there's more steps, there's a lot. There's more. There's other improvements that outweigh that, right? So it's better. The cool thing is, is that. You can now finally see what a whole bunch of things cost without having to like select them individually. I remember you, you showing that. me that last week. Yeah, yeah, that shows you the prices. And I'm just surprised that you're in the store that often because I almost never go into that. Well, store. Well, you know, I just I go in to check what's free and then I get it and leave, just like 90% of other people. Okay, you know, but um, the one thing that's always incensed me that they've they'll probably never give this up because marketers will never give up doing this. Is that there's, you know, this store and even the other store, uh, the XBLA one, right? It, it really, like, I call this, like, a, it has this, like, hall of mirrors effect is what I like to call it. And by that, I mean that you can get to the same thing in the store by, like, 800 different ways. And there's, like, 400 too many different ways, you know? I understand the value and the meaning of, you know, giving people more than one way to get to a thing. You know, I get it. But there's a big difference between that and giving them, like... Any possible, like all possible avenues from anywhere just in case because you want to like just increase the chances that somebody might stumble upon something that costs money that might result in a sale. You know, so so they have these like things that I, I just I think organizationally it's just more confusing than it is helpful to, to consumers. Um, like for one example, right, like you'll go to check out like the PS3 demos, right? And they've got, like, a whole list of different ways to categorize the PS3 demos, right? There's, like, three groups. There's, like, hot PS3 demos, new PS3 demos, and what's the last one? Top three PS3 demos, right? And these are, like, special categories that they don't tell you what they mean and you don't know. So you have to kind of, like, go back and forth to kind of figure out, okay, what do they mean by these, right? And so it just so turns out, like, hot, um, actually nobody knows what that means. 
that's just like we decided just to group these and give them more visibility, right? It's the kind of thing where like they're trying to give like everything more visibility, but in the process of giving everything more visibility, nothing gets more visibility. Yeah, that makes sense to me. I think Hot is probably just pinning to the top because they want to give it sales. But what was funny is we looked at one of them and there was only one game in a group. Yeah, so this is the weird thing, right? And, and this is like I'll, – I'll, I'll quickly explain why. Like, See, their tendency is to like add more mirrors or avenues or routes to go and why in, in a case like this it's a really bad idea, right? So they have – here's what they've done, right? The new category shows you what's new. But it's like an arbitrary category with an arbitrary cutoff date that's not revealed to you. So it's new, but we don't know what new means. We don't know if new is like you haven't seen it yet. We don't know if new is like, oh, if it's older than this arbitrary date, then we just cut it off. Or C, which they could very well be doing also and that we don't know, is they could just be randomly just putting up a random list of whatever they think is new. However, they just decide to do that, right? Now, here's the other thing, right? If you go to – if you don't go to any of these three categories, if you just go to new releases – no, 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 not new releases. That's Xbox. If you just go to PS3 demos, like all PS3 demos, and sort by date, release date, that's the same thing as going into the new category, except now you can see everything instead of just like one or two things that you obviously didn't want to just see one or two things. Uh, so it sounds like they're trying to simplify. So No, they're trying to complexify. They should just get rid of one of those. Like, th- like they should actually just do it the way that Xbox did it and just collapse two of those categories into one category. And just when you go in, when you go in, the first thing you want to see, you just want to see what's new, you know? I just I want them, instead of to, to call it uh, Hot PS3 Demos, I want them to say Hot PS3 Demo because there's only one. Yeah, then sometimes that happens, right? And then it's funny because you got like the different nomenclature, like Xbox uses featured, which makes more sense because featured, okay, like we, we've decided to feature this. Like what does hot mean? Who knows what hot means? It's hot. Yeah. I disagree. You can't disagree that something's featured. <laughs> I guess that's that's true. Um, <clears throat> now, what else? There, there was some something else we wanted to – I'm moving past this PS3 store. Okay. That's I all I have to say. I don't about care that much. Really. Until, of course – Sports Friends becomes available on PS3, then I will care. Right. That will be awesome. Um, next year, folks, Kickstarter. Pump some money into we that. We do have a voice. We have a voicemail. That's week. what I wanted to get to. Let's do that. Yeah. So we asked people to, to provide voicemail on our fancy phone number, 4804GAME21. And let's we got to lead into this, though. We were talking about something a couple of weeks ago about uh, what difficulty in games. or Yeah. Well, this was I was commenting specifically on this this in response to this one thing I found on the Internet where this guy was basically saying that there's value in like ridiculously abusingly punishing the player. And I said that, you know, my position is there's no there's no reason there's no reason to be abusive. You know, maybe you've picked up your abusive tendencies from your father who abused you long ago. But that doesn't mean that you should take it out on everybody else. And so, anyway, we got we got a voicemail about it, and um, I want to respond to uh, our voicemail's response. All right, so. so let me let me grab that and play it for everyone. Hang on a sec. Almost got it, and all right, yeah, here it comes. This is this is our good friend Dave. He calls in a lot. Hey guys, uh, Dave from Texas, just calling in to uh, to touch on video games that make you suffer and whether or not uh, I think they're a good thing or if I've had a good or bad experience with them. And uh, the game that comes to mind for me is Catherine. Uh, Although it's a puzzle game and it's kind of Kubert-esque, it's fantastically hard, but not so hard that they alienate the end user, in my opinion. And that missing variable that Ara was talking about, uh, I think, is whether that how how they reward you psychologically when you do finally make the accomplishment. You know, the game pushes you through nine layers of hell, and when you beat the game, the end or when you beat the level, the end screen is the same as it would have been for any other uh, level that wasn't as hard, then it doesn't seem like it was uh, an even reward for the amount of crap that you went through. Um, But in the game Catherine, although the levels do get progressively harder, at the very end, they make sure that visually and audibly uh, you are pumped and rewarded and super stoked that you just did some amazing feat that obviously plenty of people can do but they make you feel like only you can do so that's the way i uh felt about catherine just for you i weigh in on it 
So I'm just surprised somebody pushed through Catherine because that game got a lot of hype. But when I played it, I was kind of bored. Yeah, well, that game was not what most people, I think, expected, especially from the hype, right? It's actually, it's, I don't want to dwell on this, but it's funny because it's like, it's a pure puzzle game with, like, a really involved narrative. Yeah. That's, that's it's, it's actually, it's, I was quite impressed by the way that they weaved together two totally disparate conveyances for entertainment in, in a way that while, like, like they kept them completely disparate, but at the same time, like in another direction, they also like weave them together really nicely. Yeah, I have a feeling some guy just had the story he wanted to tell and thought, okay, what can I do to kind of sell this story because it's not going to sell on its own. Either that or oh look, um, Ichiro is working on this tower climbing puzzle game. Let's <laughs> yeah. put these together. <laughs> that's that's probably what happened. So yeah. anyway, uh, Dave was talking about how it does a good job of rewarding you at least. Yeah, so I wanted to I wanted to comment on Dave's comment, right? It's it's Dave and, and everybody else. Um, it's not it's not just the value of the reward that I was considering, right? And I don't think it is just the value of the reward in the first place. Um, what I think is actually even more important in terms of like the psychology of motivation when you're playing a game is less so what the reward is, whether that's extrinsic or intrinsic or what have you. Uh, and how valuable it is, how good it is, right? Like whether it was worth it or not once you finally get the reward or at least whether the experience felt worth it or not. But although this ties into the latter, I think. Um, it's really more about whether you feel like the game's treated you fairly or not. And I think this is the most important thing out of really everything in video games is do you feel like you are being treated to a fair experience? Do you feel like you are playing under the same rules that the other things in the game are playing under? Right? Do you th- in other words, right? You can flip this on its head. You can also describe this as do you feel like the things, the bad things that happen in the game to you are your mistake or in other words, is it your fault or is it the game's fault? And I tend to think that if you attribute the blame to the game, then you're not it's it's not a good game. You're not gonna have fun with the game. It's not it won't be satisfying because it's not you. It's the game, right? On the other hand, you could play another game and you know, you could make lots and lots of mistakes and failures. But if you feel like you're making them, you have a much better chance to continue to be engaged, right? Because the thing is is that once you once you think a bad outcome is fair, usually when that happens, it feels fair because you have some kind of inkling about what you did wrong. And if you have an inkling about what you did wrong, then you also have an inkling about what you could have done instead. And if you have an idea of what you could have been doing instead, then you have something else you want to try. And that just naturally will motivate you to want to do it again. So that that makes me think of the Karataka demo that we just played and how you, I'm pretty sure, didn't know what was going wrong. Yeah, and I didn't have much motivation to continue either. Yeah. Are you going to find a Master of Science program in technology that creates thinkers who understand how business works and how to apply the technology? Where else are you going to discover a graduate degree in technology that is customized to meet your objectives? Where else in the Valley, on campus or online, can you study at the only private university that gives you the opportunity to focus in specialized areas like network security, artificial life programming, and game studies, as well as technology management? Where else? Where else but the University of Advancing Technology? UAT's graduate technology program is accelerated. It combines business with technology. It offers the flexibility to adapt quickly to changes that come in high-tech fields. Feed your brain. Lead. Manage. You won't find this innovative environment anywhere else. UAT, the select private university where you'll be fully immersed in technology. The experience is unrivaled. Click UAT.edu. That's UAT.edu. And we're back once again for the final segment this week. It's Chatterbox, 
Video Game Radio. Episode 1 million and 2. Don't forget, we are uh, sponsored by the University of Advancing Technology. UAT.edu is their website. Got to tell you, again, it was cool. It was cool to it's see It's not really the week. millionth episode. Dude, they, not only do they have a 3D printer and a laser and obviously a lot of computers you can use, but they have uh, full like Wacom tablet screens. So you know what a Wacom tablet is, right? Yes. Right, but... They also sell these ridiculously. Yeah, they're called Cintiqs. I know all about them. I didn't. I thought Cintiq was something different. No, the Cintiq is the one where it's giant and it's. Uh, so oh it's no! A, wait, no, it's not the screen itself. I mean, it's, I think a Cintiq is a screen, but I didn't. No, know it the, is a screen. No, you're right. It I is. didn't know if what I was looking at was yeah. a Cintiq, but they like it's a monitor, right? That has a pedestal and everything. It's standing upright there, but it's also a full Wacom tablet. Yeah, you know how you know the how the saying goes: "You had me at hello." Sure. You should be like you had me at 3D laser printer. <laughs> I guess I guess that's okay. Anyway, I don't want to digress too much. I want to talk about this this thing we were talking about before the break a little more, right? Okay. So this is the thing, right? It doesn't even matter. So here, here's okay. Here's the interesting thing about all this, right? Is that if you feel like something, you've made a mistake in a game, okay? you failed somewhere and then you know what you did wrong or you think you know what you did wrong and you want to try again, right? And then let's say you do try again. And let's say you were right about what you did wrong and you've corrected your error, right? And now you've overcome that. Yeah, that's a good feeling. It is a good feeling. That's exactly what I wanted to say. And it's a good feeling because that is exactly precisely the process of an intrinsically motivating, intrinsically reinforcing type of activity. If you do that sort of thing, even if the game doesn't give you any reward for it specifically, right? In other words, that would be an extrinsic reward. You are intrinsically rewarded. You feel like you're intrinsically rewarded just for going through the paces because of that process, right? And so so I want to make sure that I'm clear about this, right? Um, this is different than what Dave was saying because Dave was just talking about basically uh, just making the reward worth it, right? Like and the what bells I'm saying and the whistles that, that go off. Yeah, if the if the process is one that enables you to solve your own problems, right? And if the world makes sense, and if you can make sense out of the world, and you can figure it out, then it's extrinsic, not extrinsic. It's intrinsically motivated, right? And then that at that point, the process of actually playing the game, whether you get a reward for it or not, just becomes the game itself is the reward. And that's and that's a beautiful, beautiful thing. And the problem is, is that I think when you get two games that are too punishing, then you take that part of it away because you're. The problem is, is that it's it's not just a matter of quantity, right? It's a matter of quality. A lot of people talk about difficulty as if it's just like on one like continuum, right? Like if it's on a line, you can either have more or less. But that's totally untrue. There's a lot more dimensionality to difficulty than that. Well, it's funny you say that, like if things are too punishing, but you really, really like Demon Souls. Yeah, okay, so I'm glad you brought that up because I've, in the past two weeks, I've told myself about three times that I'm going to stop playing Dark Souls because it's not fucking worth it anymore. That's, I mean... That's how I feel about it. Yeah. <laughs> and now, no, this time, I mean, we'll see what I say next week. But this time, I'm really stopping playing it because there's too many there's too many situations where, you know, I told you I loved Demon Souls so much, right? But the way, yep. that, the way that I played through Demon Souls was that I, I looked at what was going to happen to me. I basically read through facts about every single thing in the game before I encountered it. And before that was, or after you tried and failed? Well, both. It just depends on you know, what order I encountered things in, really. But that was really, really essential part of actually playing that game successfully, I realized. This one, this time when I played the second one, Dark Souls, I tried to not do that because I'm like, look, I just want to play the game on its own terms. And I've just decided that playing the game on its own terms is total bullshit. (laughs) It's such total bullshit because the problem is, is that you make mistakes that you can't ever fathom to figure out why... In other words, bad things keep happening to you. Like if you don't have foreknowledge about what's about to happen, you will just lose over and over and over and there's nothing you can do. There's no – it's not like oh, because of a lack of smartness or a lack of coordination 
or a lack of any of those things. Like there's nothing you can do to save yourself, no matter how good you are, from just constantly getting destroyed over and over and over. And that that but is why it's in, just in it's Demon not Souls, worth it. That's so. When we were playing together in Demon Souls, that's not how you were acting. It was this is before I believe you reading any information about it. You, it's more like you play. You know these games where yeah, but I, I do feel like these games are different now, and I do and I do feel like Dark Souls has a few more mechanisms in it that are unreasonably punishing. Okay, so I'm treating them as they're as identical, yeah. but I've never actually played Dark Souls. Um, Demon Souls, though, you said you read all the facts, but I remember we played before that happened. Right. And uh, basically, it was it was like those other games where, like, you, you have to... You're going to die the first time around because you don't know what's going to happen. But once you know what's going to happen, in other words, once you've encountered, you know, enemy X, then you know sort of how he fights and you can be prepared the next time. Although you'll probably die lots of times. But you at least have that education after the first experience? Yeah, the problem The problem is, and, and Demon Souls did this to an extent, and I think Dark Souls does it too. The problem is, is that they don't give you enough latitude to actually figure out what's going on. I mean, just the other day, okay, like I walked up to, I'm like, oh, okay, look, I'm going to try and fight this boss in Dark Souls, okay, so this forest boss, right, this big wolf. So I walk up to it and I like I watched the video of it beforehand so I knew what was I was getting into. And they're like, don't run away from him, run up toward him and so that way he won't do this attack or that attack or whatever and it's you're better, right? I run up to him and then he hits me once and I'm dead. That's it. It's three second battle. That sounds like the Souls games. Yeah. Yeah. And and it's like the, the only thing that got me through the other one was the fact that I felt like my extreme carefulness in plotting through the game was highly highly rewarding but in this in this case i just don't feel like me being careful results in like any kind of net benefit at all if i'm careful i'm fucked if i'm not careful i'm fucked i'm just getting fucked left and right so basically they did worse the second time around i mean there's some things that are better but there's definitely a lot of things that i think are worse and one of the things that specifically that i think is worse is that you know, they just – in a game where it's so commonplace, like this is not a difficulty issue. Let me be clear about this. This is an issue of in this game, there's so many times where you have to die no matter how hard it is because you have to die just to figure out what's going on, right? Like dying is actually a process of reading, okay? But failure in this game is not failure through trial. It's simply – the process of trying to read what's there. You fail and die. And then through that process, you read what's there. So then you have a chance to do something about it. The problem is that before you just had like your souls, you just lose your souls and that's it, right? Now you have your souls and you have this other thing called humanity where when you die, you lose both quantities of them, right? And the humanity does other stuff. So it's like it's even more punishing than it was in the last game. Hmm. When you make a mistake, and I feel like they are just dispensing out the punishments left and right. So I think what we've learned through this discussion is that you should be playing Catherine instead of Dark Souls. Well, you know, there's there's that. Did um, you ever even play Catherine? Yeah, I played it. Not not too much. But you, did, did you like it at all? It's it's not my kind of game. I mean, I could very much see the thing. The thing about it was that you know they've. I mean, they've got this like puzzle tower climbing mechanic, right? And the thing about it that, like, I instantly knew that this is not my kind of game is that, I mean, the tower is so long, right? So if you screw up near the end, you've got to do the tower again, right? And so I see myself now, and I'm, I'm pretty sure. I've just decided the dynamic is like this. I see myself now just repeating things that I know how to do over and over, right? This is the problem I had with Portal, actually. Like, I knew what I'm supposed to do. The problem is it's just me just being dexterous enough to actually execute what I know I should be doing and having to go through a lot of redos to get to that point where I can redo the thing that's supposed to you know get me to the next level. It's funny to me that you would suggest you're somehow not dexterous enough, yet you play Gran Turismo 5 like some sort of wizard well it's all relative see that's the thing I mean it's like everyone's at their own point their their own thing and the beautiful thing about Gran Turismo right and the reason why I love that kind of dynamic as opposed to these other two games we're talking about is that even if you fail right 
it's like something like a driving game when it's really done right is something where you're every second to second, regardless of what position you're in, you're always challenging yourself. It's always a challenge to drive the best you can drive no matter what situation you're in. And so no matter how you're doing, it's always interesting. There's nothing – There's at no point in time is the race trivial even if you're in last place because you can always try to do something to improve yourself. Even if you just got caught in a huge wreck – and it totally wasn't your fault, and now you're in, you know, you were in second place, and now you're in ninth place, right? It's still interesting because now you, you don't, you're not going to play the game of let me try to get it first. You play the game of let me see how many positions I can make up in the race. You know, you just you make the best of it what you can. You know, and every second to second you can still lose or win. The critical thing that's different is that it doesn't feel like you're repeating the same stretch of gameplay. That to me, like as I get older becomes increasingly laborious and a pain in the ass to me and something I want to avoid, right? I really hate redoing things I've already done. It's so weird to hear me say that because... To hear me say that? Yeah, to hear you say that because Gran Turismo is so boring. But it's not the same thing. It's always a different context, you know? There's always a different car there. It's a different turn. Your car has a different attitude. You're going different speed. Dude, it's not I, the same. Did I ever tell you the story about this time that I was... I was spending like a couple weeks with my grandparents in England and I dragged them to an arcade and I played Mortal Kombat and they were like, it's all, it's all the same to me. The Street Fighter and the Mortal Kombat. And all that. I was like, no, it's different. There's different fighters and they do different things. It's the same. Yeah. And, and they're like, it's the same thing. And you telling me this, it's a different car and it's a different damn thing. Yeah. It doesn't matter. Well, you know, race to race. It's so, it's just so boring. If you play it a while, you'll be able to. And you, you have this, this beautiful attraction to racing games that I don't know if it's a good or bad thing that I don't have it, but I am not interested. It's like everything else. It's a double-edged sword. I suppose. Anyway, thank you everyone for listening to yet another episode. We'll be back next week as always, but next week I will get to tell you about my experience with the Wii U and with a Target pre-purchase. I can't wait! You've been listening to Chatterbox Video Game Radio. Tune in next week for more tips and info and the latest and greatest in video gaming. And remember, all your base are belong to us.